Alexander Hamilton is a name that you know through history. He's on the $20 bill. We're arguing right now about whether or not he should be on the $20 bill or not. But he is a a founding father and a framer. Alexander Hamilton was, uh, through the war, he was a prolific pamphlet, pamphleteer, as they say. He became a member of George Washington's staff, a very useful member of Washington's staff, very helpful to General Washington, but he ached and longed for a field command, which he finally got at the Battle of Yorktown, the final fight of the war. He was um, successful leading his troops and his men, and by all accounts, a man who should be well regarded as one of the founders. Hamilton's Background was such that he was essentially an orphan. Uh, he was uh, referred to on numerous occasions by some fairly uh, salty language by some of the other delegates. But he was acknowledged for being a, a brilliant orator. And un unlike some of the people who spoke on behalf of the New Jersey plan who were just plodding and slow and boring Hamilton was fiery and he was entertaining and he was on, he was he was on topic all the time and he didn't stutter and he didn't have those uncomfortable pauses in your speech and those kinds of things he was well regarded as one of as I said a rising star of the American political scene there was no doubt in anyone's mind there that whatever government came out of this convention whether it was a continuation of the Articles of Confederation, whether it was a new national government or even whether it was the Virginia government because the states split apart, Hamilton was going to be a part of that. Actually, New York, sorry. He's not a Virginian. He's a New Yorker. The problem is that Hamilton has listened to the discussion of the Virginia plan and its expansion from 15 to 19 points. He's listened to the New Jersey plan. He's listened to Patterson and Wilson debate this. And he has had it up to here with it. He thinks that both plans are horrible, both plans are deeply flawed, and both plans are doomed to fail. And he still shows some, some political naivete in that he believes that the secrecy of the convention is sacrosanct and cannot be violated. And so he stands up before the vote is taken. Mr. President, may I speak? Acknowledged. And he begins to speak for the entire day of Monday, June 18th. He takes up the entire day. Can you imagine sitting in that room? Now, the entire day, okay, you know, 3 o'clock basically is when they call it the day. But, but he takes up the entire day. And as a part of his speech, he will, well, he's going to make the mistake that all political naifs make. He's going to say exactly what he thinks. And unfortunately for him, it's not going to destroy him yet, but it's going to mark him for life. And people are never going to look at Alexander Hamilton the same way as they did the day before. He thinks that democracy at all is a very poor form of government. Now, again, we, we kind of agree we're not a pure democracy, but he thinks democracy at all is a poor idea. 
The voice of the people has been said to be the voice of God, he said. But it's not true, in fact. The people are turbulent and changing. They seldom judge or determine right. It's better, he said, to give power to the rich and well-born, not to the mass of people. Now, you might have thought that would shock most of the people there, most of the delegates there, but it really didn't. Many of them felt the same way. In fact, Governor Morris, who we'll meet uh, later on, is practically in agreement here. He, he doesn't think that poor people should be allowed to vote at all because they will just, in his words, sell their votes. So there's nothing here controversial so far. But he's not done, of course. He proceeded to attack the idea of the states. He thought that the states, as, a, as, as political entities, were completely worthless. They were useless. They were an extravagance and unnecessary for good government. In fact, he said what others had somewhat tongue-in-cheek said before. He actually said the states should be abolished in favor of a national government, and everything should be resolved. All power should reside in the national government. If it uh, eventuates into an extinction of state government, it might be useful. The states could be reduced to corporations with very limited powers. And nobody was going to agree in 1787 to the idea of doing away with 13 United States. No one was going to agree with this. Already, Hamilton has crossed a line. Now, to us today, it seems like a quaint idea. In fact, it's not an unusual idea to talk about in deep political theology circles, is it? You've probably heard it discussed at some point or another. Why even really have states? The federal government's take Ninth and Tenth Amendments have been eviscerated. State, federal government's running everything anyway. Why not do it? But in 1787, this was almost true. Remember, he's talking about 13 sovereign independent governments and doing away with them in favor of a national government. Some of the people sitting in this room, by the way, are governors of those 13 states, and they're not real excited about that. He wasn't through. He came perilously close, and, and that's a, a nice phrase that David O. Stewart uses in his wonderful book, The Summer of 1787, perilously close. I, I think he went beyond perilously close to recommending that we would be better off with an American king. No good executive could be established on Republican principles, he said. The English model was the only good one. British government was the best in the world, and he was of doubt whether anything short of it would even work in America. Can you imagine saying such a thing? Can you imagine standing in front of 55 men or, you know, somewhere between 39 and 55 men, depending on what day of the week it was, and say, suggesting to these men, after he himself fought in the Revolutionary War, that after all of that, what we should, after the Declaration of Independence outlines the problems with kings, Hamilton stands up in front of the convention and says, you know what we need here? We, we need a king. We, we, need, we need one guy in charge because, you know, one guy in charge can't be corrupted by other, by other countries, see? And, and so that's what we need. He proposed that the chief executive serve for his entire life. He anticipated that this would be called a monarch. He observed that monarch is an indefinite term. 
And then any executive would function like a monarch anyway, even if it was only for a term of four years or six years or 10 years or 12 years. And then he said the Senate, which of course was the, in many ways, the heart and soul of the Virginia plan, the senators should also serve for life. Now, in your mind, you're thinking, Hamilton, what are you doing? He was completely serious. He truly believed this. And while he would go on in the first administration of Washington as the Treasury Secretary to become uh, quite good at, at handling financial matters, the truth of the matter is he never really co- recovers from this day. It's always believed that Alexander Hamilton is secretly a monarchist, that he would much rather have a king than a president. He would much rather have a kingdom than a republic. And of course, you know the stories of his personal life after that. Shortly after all of this uh, service in the, in the first government, he's going to lose his son in a, in a ridiculous, stupid duel. And shortly thereafter that, he himself is going to find himself in a duel with the vice president of the United States, Andrew Burr, Aaron Burr. And of course, he's going to lose that duel. The night before it, he's going to write a defense of his decision to duel. He viewed his roles of being a father and husband, putting his creditors at risk, placing his family's welfare in jeopardy, and his moral and religious stances as reasons not to duel, but felt it impossible to avoid due to making attacks on Burr and unable to recant because of Burr's behavior in his mind before the duel. And one has to wonder, if you look at Hamilton's life, and of course there were affairs involved in all of this, and uh, gubernatorial elections, and party splits, and all sorts of things, one has to wonder how much different it would have been if he had just sat quietly on that day and never spoken his mind about putting a king in charge of America. He made the mistake of believing that the secrecy was sacrosanct, and of course it wasn't. This got out very quickly, that Alexander Hamilton wanted a king. He would try, of course, to redeem himself with this by being very pro-Federalist. He would be one of the prolific writers of the Federalist Papers. But at this point... His career is really irreparably damaged in a way that few people ever get the chance to come back from. And it's only the fact that he has that prior service in the in the Revolutionary War that causes General Washington to really trust him on the financial matters of the nation. And he's very good at it. But always in the back of people's minds are that one Monday in June when Alexander Hamilton stood up after the presentation of the two plans and said, you know what? Both of these plans suck. What we need here is a king. He didn't use those words, but he wanted the executive from either plan appointed for life, permanently. And he hinted that he wanted it to be hereditary as well. You can see now why Hamilton's star kind of fell. Moreover, can you imagine the shock in that room in Independence Hall in Philadelphia after these immense plans have been produced by the Virginians and the New Jerseyans 
after the compromise from South Carolina, after the big states and little states are arguing these great matters. Can you imagine the shock the day that Alexander Hamilton said, let's have a monarchy instead? Constitution Thursday is a feature segment on Plausibly Live, the official podcast of The Dave Bowman Show, a Slippery Fish Entertainment production for the Podcast 99 Network, copyright MMXV, all rights reserved. For more information, log on to ConstitutionThursday.com.